0: Sky and out
1: Hey, why don't you just shut up for a minute and let me talk, okay? I think you've had enough, okay? How about you sit your little fucking ass down and you let Papa tell it like it is. Okay, folks? All right, it's time for the truth, okay? I'm not gonna beat around the bush.
0: I'm gonna give you the real deal. <laughs> opinions?
1: Uh, you got them uh hot and fresh out the oven because I'm not gonna hold back you know this isn't a safe zone okay if uh you have feelings or you care about facts uh guess what you can check yourself at the door man, I'm really heavily considering getting the old leather jacket out of. You know, retirement, getting it out of the attic, dusting it off, taking up smoking again. And I want to be like the bad boy of Zoom comedy shows. (laughs) I want to have to log in (laughs) to a live stream and be a bad boy. Take no prisoners. In your face, Zoom comedy. In your laptop face, Zoom comedy.
0: Hey, oh, I'm sorry, bitch. Did I just make you log off? <laughs> uh go to suck my balls you.
1: <clears throat> this is all very good. Welcome to Y'all Lever, the only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Hampton Yunt. Thanks for being here. This is a comedy mental health podcast all about the super relatable universal humor of staring into the dark abyss. Y'all ever stare into a dark abyss?
0: Y'all ever feel like it's an empty void staring
1: back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get it. You guys get it. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm giving away free lobotomies if anybody wants one. Uh, I'm pretty new at it, but... I think I could help. I think I could help people get to a mental state to enjoy what's happening in the news day to day. And this is this, this we really should heavily consider bringing back lobotomies. I think so. I mean, at least make them socially acceptable. I I really firmly believe it should be okay to tell your family I want to lose thirty IQ points. <laughs> I want to read Dan Brown books and enjoy, where's that Da Vinci code? Where'd it go? Is it in the painting? I don't know. Tom Hanks will tell me. These are good. (laughs) These are good. I want to read. I want to enjoy reading. (laughs) My wife reads books nonstop, but they are. All involve witches who time travel, I will say. So I don't, you know, I don't feel that bad that I mostly read comic books. <laughs> I'm just saying there's bad books and there's good books. <laughs> and there's bad TV and there's good TV. It's all escapism, whatever. Anyway, uh, sometimes you're listening to a podcast to escape. Um, you guys, <laughs> these lobotomies are going to be cheap. They're going to be affordable. This isn't a basement, you know, dingy lobotomy. I'm going to do it nice, okay? We could do it in my driveway. I've got a hose. Spray it down. Whatever gets loose, whatever gets knocked loose. I'll spray it off. I don't want my dog eating that. And um, I don't know. I don't even know if I'll charge, honestly. If, if you seem like a chill person and we get something signed... Um, if you want to write something down or, uh, I could write something afterwards. Anyway, I just want to dream. I want whatever happened to American exceptionalism and dreaming. Right, folks? Who's got a business plan during the pandemic? I think lobotomies is a way for me to crawl out. There's no more stand-up comedy, but... I also am a stand-up comic, therefore have zero qualms about endangering other people. (laughs) Uh, That's why I'm doing the COVID tour. Coffin Across the USA, spelled like coffin, you know, to lie in, like a coffin that you would lie in. It's called Coffin Across the USA. And uh, it's all gearing up towards my comedy special, uh, which is tentatively called "Trigger Me Timbers," and it will have a pirate theme. I will have two eye patches, so attack me then, libtards! I'm I'm blind to your um, schemes. <laughs> How are you guys? I hope you're doing okay during these insane times. Uh, I hope you're taking care of your mental health and being good to yourself. I've been reading a lot of your emails on the podcast, and a lot of them have been incredibly positive, and I just want to thank people for writing in, in general. Uh, always appreciate it. And uh, not to put pressure on that also, if you're like not doing so well right now, don't feel like You can only write in if, like, you know, you're achieving something, um, which I think has been the prompt recently. I've also been enjoying uh, reading some emails from people who just write in for songs that they suggested for the Spotify playlist. Um, Y'all ever listen to music? I've been reading those on the Patreon. I do uh, Patreon episodes every Monday uh, that come out. And thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. Patreon.com slash y'all ever uh, for $5 a month. Get bonus episodes every Monday. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> it's all one giant pyramid scheme, folks. You figure it out. You know, you get the, I get you with the email, and then I tie you in with the Patreon, and sooner or later, I have you on my farm tending my bees, okay? I'm giving lobotomies in the back. You're tending the bees out in front. And that's why you work with the bees so easily is I've removed the pain receptors from your brains. <laughs> Everyone who's gonna work on Hampton Farms is gonna have a free lobotomy. Okay? That's price of admission. <laughs> Damn, I'm a good businessman. I'm coming up with this all on the <coughs> fucking spot, and this is great. I mean I have want to be a member. I'm a, I'm not only the president, I'm a member and then I lift up my hat and I've I've got a lobotomy. <laughs> not only am I the president, I'm also a member. <laughs> I'm drooling blood out of my face. Woo! Point is I appreciate you guys writing in Uh, I'm gonna read an email now Uh, thank you guys so much for writing in always feel free to write in uh, for any of the prompts I've ever given for y'all ever but in general if you ever just want to write in with a question want to tell me how you're doing feel free to write into y'all ever email at gmail.com I love reading these all right let's go this one the subject line is art saving my life so I think that must have been a prompt Um, (laughs) can't remember which episode that's the thing I feel like I give so many prompts that I'm just like you know whichever one strikes a chord with you whenever you you hear this episode yeah feel free to write in let's see quick story when I was 17 I used to take the bus every day to go see my girlfriend in a neighboring city at the time my favorite movie was Robin Hood Men in Tights (laughs) these two things will have a correlation in a moment I always sat on the same bench every day waiting for the bus, every single day, same time, same bus. But one day, I decided not to go because my favorite movie was on and I wanted to watch it. So instead of catching the 3.30 bus, I would just catch the 4.30 bus. Well, lo and behold, the person who was sitting on the same bench was hit by a car, had their legs cut off, and was killed instantly. <laughs> oh my God. the fuck? holy shit oh man was it Johnny Knoxville um damn Uh, he goes my father worked (laughs) my father worked for the city at the time and was actually one of the first people on the scene so he told me about it holy shit he would have been holding his dead son Uh, his dead gay son. Uh, now the art that saved my life (laughs) was in fact a movie, not something specifically relating to mental health, but let me tell you something. Knowing that I was one Mel Brooks movie away from being murdered by a car randomly really fucked my mental health for quite a long time.
0: (laughs) Buddy, aren't we all one Mel Brooks
1: movie away from ending it all? (laughs) Damn. Uh, He goes, I know this isn't exactly the type of question you were asking, but I thought it was pertinent, and I'd like to share my thanks for Mel Brooks and the person who decided that movie had to be playing on HBO then. I'm here today because of that. Love the show. Keep it up. Roland, okay to use my name. Holy shit. (laughs) Glad you're alive, Roland. I know I say that all the time, but literally, holy shit. Glad you are alive and can write this goddamn email. That's crazy, man. And you know what's funny is you go even further mentally with it where Mel Brooks also, to make that movie, <laughs> required quite a career to then get to the point where he was making Robin Hood Men in Tights, a Kevin Costner Parody, like, so many things had to be in play for that thing to happen. (laughs) Mel Brooks is, like, one of my favorite, you know, creators ever in comedy. But, like, he also gave one of the best interviews I've ever seen. I think it was for that PBS documentary on him. And he was uh, working on Sid Caesar's show, which none of these things I've ever seen. Right? I just know the the words. I know the the words. Everyone was named Red or Skeleton or Skeleton. Sid Caesar Skeleton. Uh, he was working on Sid Caesar Skeleton <laughs> back when there was only three channels and. <laughs> four comedy writers in the entire world. Um, uh, He walked up to Paramount Studios and they said, hey, kid, hey, would you like a job? And he said, geez, sure. What is it? And they're writing pictures. And he goes, sure. (laughs) No, it was hard. It was definitely hard to be a comedy writer. But I just remember he was telling the story about working on Sid Caesar's Show of Shows, which was like the number one show on TV. And then he it ended and he was unemployed for like two years and they were like, what did you do for two years? And he was like, I cried. (laughs) I just cried. And he was like, I, I was literally hopeless, just cried. And then, uh, you know, two years later, something kind of helped change it around. You know, it was like a kind of a slow crawl back. It's just insane. And it's like, uh, you, you, get it because he like working for scripted late night television would have been the easy street for him to go on to be just a producer in Hollywood and just had easy money and i think to see that all evaporate in front of your face is one of the harder things <laughs> and just um it's like the bland capitalism And we're all just guilty of it. I've definitely like gone on so many auditions and in no way did I like the script at all. I thought it was stupid. (laughs) I thought it it was like, how did this fucking person write this script and get, get all these people to believe in them? like I would read material that I think there was literally a sitcom idea that was being tossed around Hollywood when I was still auditioning that was basically like an office sitcom at the arctic poles or some shit it was like in antarctica <laughs> that's it it was awful ice puns nonstop it was it was insane it's like can you even imagine that they would have an audience come in to sit down to watch a fake arctic set and then give a shit about their arctic problems. It's <laughs> like this is insane. How did this get made? And you're like it, there's no market for this. Nobody wants this. <laughs> how 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 did focus groups figure that arctic comedy was what america needed right before everything went down the fucking tubes it kind of makes a lot of sense actually if you think about it anyway yeah i just remember being so nervous couldn't nail the lines i've never been a good actor i mean for auditions if you give me the role i'll knock it out of the park because i'm just there having fun but if you you know make me audition for something that i don't really like, then, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to be like, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) If it sucks, you know, like, what do you want from me? I'm sorry. Oh, man. But the thing is also with the Mel Brooks situation is that he, he had to, like, crawl out of a deep pit of depression to get... Easily the better part of his career was his directing, you know, part uh, of his life. And if he hadn't crawled out of one of the darker parts of his life, then he wouldn't have gone on to make movies and then went on to make space balls, which then shifted everything into kind of a... Scary movie satire sort of thing where <laughs> Robin Hood men in tights is around the corner. You got to do a Robin Hood spoof. You know, the, the country has Kevin Costner fever. You have to make at least 90% of the jokes about the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> it's such an interesting choice. I love that movie as a kid. Oh, shit. It was great. Um, I remember enjoying it so much. But it's like, you know, again, it's like people's lives are so long and everything like that. But I think it's pretty awesome that Mel Brooks had to get it all together. <laughs> the guy, he had to crawl out of the pit to make Robin Hood Men in Tights to save your life. This is how you save my life. Step one, you get rubbed the men and tats,
0: tats, the tats, they all to fight, Dave Chappelle, in a freak car, In in a cable car, in a big cigar, in a funeral, and in a brain a Um,
1: where did I go wrong? <laughs> Man, I put on the leather jacket, start smoking. Hey, you know how you can save a life, buddy? You can shut the fuck up. Oh, 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 oh. I just want to be dumber. It'd be great. I'm telling you, I'm really advocating for this business idea of giving lobotomies, uh, having a bee farm... Seems like the path. Workers on the farm are like bees themselves. They're my drones. I'm the queen, but I've taken part of my brain out. Yaz queen. Uh, And yeah. All right, let's start cutting the commercial right now.
0: Every lobotomy done at Hampton Farms, we take the time to do it, well, the old-fashioned way. We take real American steel and drive it through your real American brain the old-fashioned way. And yes, this is a sucker-punch type of lobotomy. (laughs) An obscure Zack Snyder movie where the characters get lobotomies. This is that kind of lobotomy. We make you think you're a little Japanese schoolgirl. With every lobotomy here at Hampton Farms, we give you the Japanese schoolgirl lobotomy. Make sure it's authentic. (laughs) Don't mind the bees. The bees merely are (laughs) mirror images of yourself working at Hampton Farms. What's that? Don't look at the oopsie shed. That's the shed full of all the oopsie lobotomies. Sometimes here at Hampton's Farm, (laughs) we go a little bit too hard on lobotomies. Sometimes we just, we get in the zone. You know what I'm saying? We start
1: putting some numbers on the board with those lobotomies. I don't know what it is that makes me fetishize lobotomies so much. (laughs) I really don't know. Uh, I think one thing is that it's just so primal, like a response to mental health. Like, (laughs) you're literally attacking your brain with a knife. (laughs) It's kind of like the ultimate fuck you, like back. Like, hey, brain, you're going to attack me all day. I'll fucking knife you, motherfucker. (laughs) So visceral. It's like it just doesn't make sense. It's like you might as well like put a firecracker up your nose. You're just like I'm depressed. I put a fucking M80 up my nose. <laughs> I blew out half my brain. What it, you know, I feel kind of better now. I don't really think about anything now. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite show now is ridiculousness. Uh, <laughs> oh, MTV. <coughs> oh, man, I got lobotomy, and now I'm an undecided voter. (laughs) Who is undecided at this point? I really just think that it's best to just stay off of all political stuff right now. Focus on definitely, like, uh, local government, stuff you can change inside, you know, with your own police departments and, and everything like that. They need your voice, but... I think uh as far as voting and everything like that I mean you'd have to be a complete sociopath at this point to like not know who you're going to vote for or be undecided. Let's just, you know, stop engaging in the petty the petty fighting. I don't know. I haven't had a phone in about a month and a half. And I mean I'm definitely still on Twitter and still on Uh, Instagram and shit you know but just posting from my computer uh, I feel like I'm still looking at it way too much but boy there was nothing like opening Instagram and then closing Instagram and then opening Instagram right back you know and not even like acknowledging that I was doing it until I caught myself It, it was fucked up you know <clears throat> just way too addictive. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of processing it because it's like I haven't really met the goal I wanted I wanted to just Stop using it on my phone, and then it would just take care of itself, but I Don't know. Maybe it's a larger thing and maybe this is just the first step is just acknowledging The small amount <laughs> of freedom this has given me Maybe go forward. Oh, man. I'm going to start my own social media. It's where we can share pornography and music. What do you think?
0: <laughs> you don't like my song? Well, what do you think about uh,
1: my tits? <sighs> you guys, thank you so much for writing in to y'all email at gmail.com. Always welcome uh check out those patreon episodes every monday patreon.com slash y'all ever for five dollars a month you can support this podcast and all the joy it brings you and other people and myself uh it's like an audio lobotomy Uh, And, you know, it's a really cool way to support the podcast because you get free episodes every week. uh, And there's bonus content on there. I threw on some stand-up. I might be throwing on some other secret projects I had made in the past that now I have the okay to post about. Could be fun. Anyway, the last bonus episode I put up was with Brianna Murphy. It was a fun hangout. Uh, Check it out. Um, I'm going to take a quick break for a little bit, uh, check out this ad for pants or toothpaste or fucking life insurance or something, whatever it is, buy it. I don't give a shit. I mean, definitely spend all of your money on that. (laughs) I mean, if it's not Hampton Farms, it's all kind of bullshit. All right, be back.
0: There's an old saying, you can attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. I don't know about flies, but here at Hampton Farms, the way we raise our bees is to nestle inside of the brains that have been emptied out of each one of our employees. Each one of our employees has a very special bee's nest placed inside of their brain. Where all of their fears and worries were, now we've replaced it with bees inside of each employee's brains.
1: Holy shit, folks. Um, thanks for being here again in crazy times. Uh, as of today, the Brianna Taylor... Verdict has come in. A gigantic miscarriage of justice has been done yet again. Uh, Not much has changed in 2020, it would seem. And the thing is, with (laughs) really where I think we're starting to feel some sort of crumbling of our society is when you are allowed to kill with impunity right there's no acknowledgement of any kind of wrongdoing (laughs) and then it's just like well if i fucking hate somebody why don't i just become a cop why don't i just go to training for fucking four months if i really fucking hate somebody i'll go get a badge and then have just like the least amount of effort to get the most amount of protection i mean that's that's where we're headed it's just like we have to start giving way more oversight to our police departments this is this is insanity what kind of society do you want to live in like i don't i don't even see how this is an issue you know, dividing voters or something like I can understand where you're like, I do support police officers or whatever. Like I get if you're, you know, that, that different from me, but I don't understand anybody who's like, I want it possible for police officers to never have repercussions for it to be like a free blank check written, (laughs) <laughs> for your, your you know it's like a license to kill here like I mean what are we talking about Um, it, it's just become like to a ridiculous point where there's there's footage from almost every single one of these incidents that happens and uh, multiple witness reports you know it's just like it's getting to this point where it's so out in public Ah. <sighs> There just needs to be massive reform. Otherwise, you're just a gang with an HR department. You know, there's nothing different between you and MS-13 other than you have a Kathy in accounts receivable. You know, (laughs) you're filling out a 401k. It's just paperwork. That's the only difference. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto has taught me that I do pretty well in a cartel type environment. I also enjoy the show Ozark and I feel like I'm a Jason Bateman type of Brian Cranston knockoff, you know, not as intense, but I can work with the mafia. Like I'm a I'm like a cartel mafia cuck where I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, you guys do the crime and uh <laughs>
0: i'll just watch over here in the corner
1: (laughs) yeah i think i'm think i'm good with that i think i'm more comfortable with that (laughs) there's nothing transparent about the mafia (laughs) the mafia at least is like listen here is the deal i will kill you (laughs) if you do not give me this money (laughs) i will help you i also work as a bank For favors and if you fail to meet your obligation again i kill you but again this is all out in the open i think the problem is it's much more confusing to go through a bank to slowly kill you or to go through the police department to slowly kill you (laughs) like if you don't like pay your taxes right that's they'll they'll put you in prison for that and i mean isn't that A shakedown on a level like you don't love that they're spending your money on tanks but this is a type of shakedown that's happening because the threat is prison (laughs) and let's be honest the real threat of prison is institutionalized sexual assault all right folks we're going to the lines we're taking some live callers the lines are blowing up right now (laughs) i think uh honestly my friend will weldon great comic uh he has a bunch of really funny jokes about america i will say he's got that you know he's canadian so he sees a lot of shit um from that perspective for sure and he was like he has some joke about just basically that there's an agreement among society oh yeah because it's the drop the soap is like common joke. It's like, "Oh, well, you going to prison? Don't drop the show. But he's like we're all just giggling about <laughs> the the common agreed upon agree- <laughs> agreement that sexual assault is, you know, why we send people to prison. Oh, man. It's hysterical. <laughs> oh man that's what i miss about stand-up comedy is telling people that their value system is wrong (laughs) for drink tickets (laughs) oh shit all right we're
0: going to an email
1: let's see the subject line on this one is y'all ever get radicalized (laughs) oh no oh shit Man, what if a large part of the audience of this podcast is suicide bombers? <laughs> They're Like, listen, I love the podcast. I just need you to know. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I hope this is chill. That's all I gotta say is I hope that there's just chill vibes in this email, no matter what. <laughs> you know, bring down the police state, but do it chill. Do it in a chill way. All right. Let's see. Hello, Hampton. My name is Kevin, longtime fan, fellow millennial. Nice to meet you, sorta. So, this has nothing to do with Antifa, nor am I advocating violent protest, exactly. <laughs> okay, I don't want this podcast to wind up on a watch list, you know, other than like varieties uh, top ten watch list. You know, The one thing I know uh, and I've put all of my unshakable faith in is that the minute this pandemic is over, this whole, you know, Trump nonsense is over with, Hollywood will scour the earth for white guys who podcast and go there and say all the wrong things at the right time. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm making sure my career's <laughs> in good hands <laughs> by having a dark mental health podcast. What the
0: fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing?
1: Okay, so getting back to it. Let's see. They say, I think a global coalition of essential workers could organize progressive international, for instance, and establish wealth rebalancing measures. It's the most civil way to avoid civil war. Most likely anyway, not to sound morose, but y'all ever, (laughs) y'all ever not feel at home in this world anymore? (laughs) Like you feel captive. Hmm. Hey man, thanks for writing in. No, I get it. I really do. Um, Sorry, you're going through that right now. Let's see. Forced to participate in a game you don't want to play, which everyone begrudgingly plays um, because the world runs on it and could also very well be our ultimate demise. What is the point in playing a game that rewards the one who cheat? For a semi-Christian society, isn't this just a feedback loop of sin I heard something of a Game B proposal. The devil is in the details, which I'm uncertain of. So I don't know. I just think we should maybe stop rewarding vultures for eating corpses. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I (laughs) do know what you mean. And I think um, that that's one of the best y'all ever prompts we've ever had on the show. Y'all ever think we should just stop rewarding vultures for eating corpses? You know? In the front row? You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, of course, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, uh, was just ranting for no good reason. <laughs> no good reason, other than I'm just fucking pissed off at the world, and, you know, honestly, I feel terrible about that, and that that is a big reason I've been kind of withdrawing from the world personally is that I feel like all I have to talk about is a lot of negative stuff. So I've been withdrawing and I think though, that's everyone right now. Uh, It's definitely not an answer. Uh, It's more just like a problem that I'm having. Hmm. I don't know. You definitely got to be involved with people. And you got to, sometimes you just got to get some bees and just start giving lobotomies. You know what I'm saying? You just got to start detaching. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's not (laughs) Hampton Farms so far is not immoral, no matter how many lobotomies I give to human beings, because I'm saving the bees. Right. That's the big problem. I'm thinking macro here. I'm thinking global warming. And if we don't have bees in the future, we're all fucking dead. So that's my plan. I'm gonna save the bees, and then I'll be beyond all repercussions, like the police. <laughs> <laughs> See it all ties in. Uh, all right, let's go through this uh, email. Well, here we go. What the fuck? It keeps. Why is it doing that? Stop. Okay, there we go. Anywho, the welfare and disability system in America is by far the most radicalized factor in my life. I was a recipient of it for 10 years until Trump. Then an influx of shenanigans happened. Hmm, he's calling shenanigans. I won't get into the minutia, but suffice suffice to say I'm being coerced into attending therapy again to provide more paperwork for judges to look at... look at or some garbage i will tell you this it is mental warfare to require a manic depressive to have to perpetually prove he is manic depressive damn my god yeah i mean what a trap (laughs) right it's like the minute you (laughs) are getting any kind of treatment they're like well is it working you know why aren't you fucking cured yeah i don't know it's hard for people who don't have any of these problems in their life but then i don't know the funny thing is i think everyone's pretty fucked up i really do i think even if you're like i'm a normal person i'm like you're repressing something <laughs> or you're just like a secret rageaholic i mean you know that's what i'm saying um feels like Anyway, I don't want to get off on some random tangent. There's a lot of email to get back to. I'm realizing the elusive nature of this email might insinuate some inaccuracies, so some brief history. I was born an identical twin wherein one killed himself during puberty. Because puberty, more or less. Then some manic episodes and, three <coughs> and a 302 or three and I have... Had ample paperwork back in 07 when I qualified for disability and was approved in all that jazz. <clears throat> I had to reapply after being kicked off because it was found I could adjust to other work. I had a phone call with the judge recently about it. She sounded nice. Then she wrote a bogus determination of cherry pick data where I was literally told to go be a housekeeper or something in the middle of a viral pandemic during a suicide epidemic at the wake of an economic depression amidst a societal collapse. (laughs) Man, this is like the Russian Matryoshka doll of like problems. You're you're absolutely right. You're, You're going further and further. Plus the fucking ozone's fucking depleting. Anyway, going back in. If you understand my pathology, coercing me into cleaning up after those more fortunate is not a viable long-term strategy right now. (laughs) Besides, I'd been an indentured servant before. I know the psychological ramifications. Wow. um, There's more, too. I just want to address... I mean, I'm sure you have talked about it in therapy, but to have someone die in your family by suicide is um a very uh just intense and hard thing to bear and you know my my heart goes out to you to to have uh you know gotten yourself this far i mean i know that you're writing this in kind of an anger towards the world Uh, right now but I also kind (coughs) of did my voice just change (laughs) did I just like go through puberty what the fuck should I kill myself holy shit what the hell happened to my voice (laughs) I just went through puberty the thing is I really do empathize because puberty was probably my most one of my more suicidal parts of my life. I mean, I completely hated myself, uh, not to mention acting on it. I mean, you know, I just was unhappy completely. And I think sometimes back on it, I'm like, (laughs) like sometimes I just get waves of relief remembering I never have to go to school again. I never have to take another quiz Again, as long as I live, I just have to fail the test of life. <laughs> but as far as book learning's concerned, I look at children having to go to school, and I'm like, "This is just insane. <laughs> why are we? Why are we doing this? I mean, through the digital teacher, the thing is you have to then just watch your child learn through the computer now I'm not a parent and I'm not at all like learned (laughs) learned on any of this but like if you have to just watch your child go to class through a computer and that might not be the reality I I I just I don't know um someone has to watch that child sit down for some age right (laughs) I went to, uh, here's a story. I went to a school that was run by sociopaths who basically didn't have any credentials. And um, this is in first grade. No, second grade. It was second grade. Uh, I would just make a lot of noise, I guess. And the teacher. Like, at one point, just walked over to my desk and was like, hey, get up. Like, very casual. Like, hey, get up. I was like, oh, okay. And um, she sat down in my chair and then grabbed my crayon box and started bashing it on the table. (laughs) She goes, that's what you're like. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? That's the most insane, like, abuse towards a child. (laughs) She was right, but, I mean, fuck, man. She just called me out in front of of everybody and embarrassing herself. I mean, she didn't look awesome by doing this. None of the kids were like, wow, this woman's really together. I really now respect her authority. (laughs) She just publicly embarrassed a child by fucking slamming his crayon box down on the table this is what you're like do you like it and then I was like no <laughs> she was like okay then stop it just like wow goddamn. I wish I'd had the sense of self to just be like listen bitch I'm sorry your marriage is crumbling but I'm six so fuck off man <laughs> like damn leave your own problems at home
0: (laughs) I'm a child
1: I don't know it's the funny thing is I wish I could say it's just her but it's like literally every teacher had some huge problem with me and I just I felt like school was kind of a prison it was really hard I didn't want to be there it's not like I had better plans but I was just like this fucking sucks it's so goddamn boring Um, and I think when I was like, especially going through puberty, that's when it was like emotional charge, you know, beyond compare at that time, um, mixed in with just, I hate this. My parents were going through not a fun divorce, you know? So I don't know. I think I was just like, I I also had no real like direction. I had zero, talent for anything. I I never even thought I could ever do comedy. Like I had a huge stage fright at that time and like I loved to be funny in class, but it was like back of the room stuff and there was another time where a teacher was like I mean multiple times this happened where I'd be talking a bunch in the back and then they'd be like come up here to start talking, you think you're funny? Come up here. And I would just like Fucking shit my pants. Didn't know what to say. You know, I don't know. Public shaming works. I'm not saying they were wrong. That you know, I'm ruining, I'm ruining their fucking sad lives. I mean, shouts out to teachers. It's like, goddamn, <laughs> they should be paid. You know what a cop makes? Ain't that wild? Be a teacher two years to, or at least, and then, you know, be a cop, earn more, get to drive around a tank, and you don't gotta teach nobody. Anybody gives you any lip, you bust them with a fucking nightstick. It's pretty cool. Anyway, back to this person who's being radicalized for no real apparent reason. (laughs) All right, let's see. Uh, Going back into this email, I... He goes, uh, I did not and do not receive unemployment. I burned through all my savings recovering from a depression instigated by a full time job installing pool tables, which I only got because I was kicked off SSD, also waiting for the judge's hearing, which was a phone call, which took a year to happen. Whoa, fuck. God damn. Now my mom is sending me a portion of her social security to float me to the next appeal. Before, Because <laughs> if I did get a job, even by desperation, that would be enough to deny my claim and possibly accuse me of fraud if they wanted to be especially nefarious. We do not have a functioning welfare system in America. Even when I was on it, it felt like getting money from an abusive alcoholic grandfather who really enjoyed making money killing people. (laughs) So, you mean grandpas in general. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Damn! Damn! I'm just going back to good times now. Damn! Let's see. They'd claim often of overpaying me, which they'd call an overpayment on an amount which was fixed and would hold... Months of payment because of said claim. It was a little more than 700 a month, by the way. It's slightly more today. I went and flew to stay with my parents for a few weeks in Arizona recently. They did not reduce a capacity on the flight in or out, nor did they check temperatures. What the fuck? <laughs> the airlines did remind us every 20 seconds that they will not hesitate to ban you from their airline if you do not wear a mask throughout the flight. Which some did. I'm getting off on a tangent. Sorry. The point is I don't have much faith in talk therapy to begin with. I don't believe my problems are a puzzle you can solve with words. Hmm. The fact is this therapist, whoever it is, must be of the opinion of my current inability to sustain work in order for any good to come of it. Oh, so they need to be like, (laughs) this guy can't do shit. (laughs) That's like impossible. He goes, I cannot speak about uh, things which interest me or insinuate something which may get amplified or exploited in summation to deny me a fourth time. (sighs) Wow. Which could be damn near any normal fucking thing a person does as a person. Yeah, it's like you can't talk about anything. I've been procrastinating about making the call to schedule my first visit. Hmm. Hmm. They've used my own words against me so many times now. I could say everything that needs to be said in all the right ways, and they still could determine that housekeeper is still a job. So go pound sand. Um, Wow, damn. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, it's just like, who's who's employing housekeepers right now or new housekeepers? Like, everyone is not... (laughs) Having strangers come in their house? Like, the fuck are you talking about? This isn't a viable career option right now. Is to just pivot and be a housekeeper. It's not that there's anything wrong with being a housekeeper, but it doesn't make sense to just tell someone to pivot completely. Like, oh, okay. Why don't you just be a cop, dude? Just be a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can like officially you can eliminate all of these people and still be fine under the law. <laughs> it's crazy to tell people to just go be a house, you know, keeper because it's it's taking <laughs> Zero consideration into the housekeeping market that already exists. It's like they're just like, yeah, I I assume now more than ever, people will want housekeeping and they will fire their already, you know, employed housekeeper for you. (laughs) It's just crazy. It's like it's like there's no demand suddenly for this industry. What the fuck are you telling people? You know, I'm sorry, man. That's really fucked up. Uh, Again, like I'm saying, have you thought about being a cop? Let's see. Going back in. As I see it, class war has been raging for decades. A compartmentalized and fragmented classification system has rendered the government able to be legally fucked with and used as a tool of finance and power for the oligarchal among us. (laughs) Whoa. Slow down, Bill Hicks in the private sector where F O I a can't go, it constructs methods of population control to keep the masses confused and bickering and divided as a means to persist their dominance and provide a steady stream of youth financially desperate enough to join the military. Thank you. Um, yes, (laughs) we all know it. Come on. I mean, yes, of course. Um, that's how you have a military. I mean, back in the old days, they used to just take you when you were like in Sparta and Athens. This isn't a good system either. But they would just take children. Put you in the, you You know, well, he's 12. So he's in the military now. And now I guess the system is we don't want to just take you. At 12 to join the military oh my god that's horrific what we want to do is make it so that your mother has diabetes and no way of getting any sort of medical care and it puts your family in a compromised situation where you slowly are dying on the inside and then you volunteer the reason that they make it like this is so that they can have unethical wars if there was a draft where you are under threat of going to prison if you don't go into the military they couldn't get away with doing illegal operations across the globe because then people would have a reason to protest. That's what they learned from Vietnam is don't even have a draft. Just make America so fucking bad <laughs> that the idea of having your limbs blown off in exchange for college makes any kind of sense. Can you <laughs> for college? You would lose a limb for college. That's fucked up, man. And that's that's what's crazy is also this delusion that college is really going to help you. I mean, college late in life, I mean, sure, I guess, you know. I don't know. I knew a bunch of people in the military just, like, trying to get their degrees. And it was varying degrees of success, I would say. Um <laughs> And all of them, like, really seem like they, you know, were just acknowledging they're in this type of compromise where they absolutely had no nationalism pride to be in the military. (laughs) Like, they didn't join out of any sort of, like, spirit for America. Um, It was because they needed fucking college or they thought they did but the reality is i mean they should have gotten in a frat at a young age and made some friends inside of finance who could help them throughout life i mean that's really (laughs) the advantage of say college is to get inside of the skull and bone society. (laughs) That's what college is for. If you're not going to get in some sort of clandestine, you know, society that QAnon is trying to discover here, where you're killing babies for satanic orgies to gain profit, then why even go to college? Why even go? You know, to drink beer, see some titties, do tests, none of it. None of it's important. Unless you're getting inside of one of the pedophile cults inside of college, there's zero fucking reason to be there. (laughs) Start your own business. Give it the four years. By then it'll probably be a success. Okay, let's get back in. I forget where I was. But everything's not entirely terrible, though. I don't want to make this sound like the end or anything. I think the unraveling before us is something to be witnessed, if nothing else. May be a perverse place to plant a flag, but it still lights a fire, <laughs> nonetheless. I have a, lot, I have a lot of family who cares and a few good friends and well butrin all perpetually reinforcing that this too shall pass. I understand I have a unique perspective in having acquired individuality because it used to be something I wanted, but it's been a long time since I felt that way. It is unusual for a twin to be without its pair for this long. I'm approaching 40 in a few years, which means as much as I make it mean, so I don't know what to do. Hey, in a lot of ways, we're all approaching 40, right? As long as you're under 40, you're all approaching 40. I mean, it'd be funny to just shut a fucking kid up and be like, hey, man, (laughs) you're almost 40. (laughs) You want a juice? Listen, I know you're seven, but dude, did you realize you're approaching 40? (laughs) I just want to say, like, I honestly think you need to give yourself a lot of credit for being alive right now. I mean, it's funny how I've been thinking about this where I end the podcast a lot of times by saying glad you're alive. And the reason I'm really glad you're alive or I'll say something like that is not, you know, to be tried. It's really that, like, if I think about a world where everybody just um, was killing themselves, (laughs) as much as that is the world, um, but if it was further that, you know, like, and I couldn't escape it, I just don't think I'd be strong enough. And I think the fact that people show how strong they are um oddly kind of gives me a lot um to go on and you may not think that your story is inspirational but i guarantee you it's inspirational to someone um and that's all it really takes (laughs) it's dumb but true Uh, You guys, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you want bonus episodes of this, they're out every Monday. Patreon.com slash y'all ever. For $5 a month, you get bonus episodes and a bunch of other free shit. And you support the podcast in a fun and cool way. Also, feel free to write in to y'all every email at gmail.com. I always appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. And, again, just... Glad you're alive. A podcast.
0: A podcast network.